Today on episode four of Tag Soup, I'm joined by Carolyn Lydon, who is the lead SEO and owner of Search Hermit, based in Virginia. banished my wife downstairs now so I've got some plans. I haven't got things happening although undoubtedly the phone will ring in a minute uh, which I'll have to cut out the thing um, so how, how did you usually get into digital into digital uh, I and then graduated... SEO and, and yeah. obviously search home how did that all come about yeah I graduated um, college with uh, essentially a degrees in <laughs> you're right it did ring it's her niece let's start again how did you get into digital initially digital yeah. initially then seo and how did search hermit come about yes i so i graduated college with degrees in english literature and writing communications and i had a minor in psychology and so it made sense to me uh, at the time to sort of go into marketing because I could sort of use the psychology side of things as well as the writing and communication side of things. So I became a copywriter at a small agency in Atlanta. And while I was there, uh, I was really into doing like essentially what I didn't know at the time was keyword research. I loved looking into like what people were talking about um, in certain topics on forums, on social media, and then sort of presenting that to my clients. We could write about these things. Uh, and eventually I was like, but we're not uh, drawing a lot of traffic based on what I'm writing. Uh, my boss at the time showed me Google Analytics and was like, here are the metrics behind uh -huh. what you're writing, the content you're creating. And these are sort of like how we gauge what's going on uh, in the back end of the website. And from there, that's essentially where I <laughs> did a bunch of Googling and taught myself SEO because I was like, I want people to read what I'm writing for my clients. I want it to be impactful, not even just in search, but across social media and all the places that they were sharing it. So that's sort of how I got into SEO. And I stayed in copywriting for a really long time. I, and this is because I worked for agents. I worked both agency side and in-house for multiple companies. I really like to say that I've really... <laughs> run the gamut in industries that I've worked in. So I've worked for like plastic surgeons to funeral homes, to pediatric dentists, to like ballroom dance companies, um, financial, it really runs the gamut. And I, that's one reason I also like copywriting and digital marketing is you kind of learn, you can learn like <laughs> in a rabbit hole things about industries you never would have really thought to research or yes. learn about. You've mentioned several unusual industry, uh, unusual industries there, and I like funeral directors. What's? <laughs> give me something about funeral directors. I mean, what's? Well, they're, they're, surely they're just a local uh, business. But is, yes. there, is there something unusual about them that I wouldn't find with a, like a florist? Um, well, it's sort of just like in the the approach that you take to their marketing, and their you know, like nobody wants to think about that they'll need a funeral home or a funeral uh, service, but you know, potentially 
potentially all of us will eventually need it one day unless technology uh, goes crazy and we don't. But uh, but no, it's something that like nobody wants to think about. And so it's that's sort of something you have to take into consideration when you're creating marketing materials and messaging and creating their websites and things like that. And then when you think about funeral homes, you think about usually, I mean, funerals, if you think about it, are for are not for the people who pass. They're for the people who are left behind. And so creating like compassionate messaging and support for those people so that they uh, they don't feel like it's it's less about mourning a life and more about celebrating what that person meant to you. Um, so just sort of like taking that messaging into consideration. And then also, of course, like the intent, why do people call funeral homes either because they one are planning in advance or two, they've experienced a death in the family. So um, taking that into consideration when you're, you know, thinking about your Google, my business, what are people searching when they need a funeral home of the, you know, one of those two things. And then also, there's an aspect beyond search that's just being involved in the community. A lot of the local funeral homes that I've worked with, they have, they sponsor a lot of events. They sponsor um, things in their local communities so that they're sort of at the forefront of people's minds, but they're also providing like emotional support. A lot of ones I've worked with, they have support groups for, you know, if your spouse has passed away, how to get through essentially that first year because it's a year of firsts. Anyway, it's it's actually really interesting. I yeah. actually really like that um, that That's, industry and creating marketing for it. So, uh, funeral homes uh, sponsoring local events. I'm assuming dangerous sports. <laughs> no, not that smart. I have seen that. Um, I think it wasn't one <laughs> of the funeral homes I worked with, but I do remember reading a billboard once that was like, "Text and drive, and we'll see you sooner rather yeah. than later." That was <laughs> sponsored by a funeral home. But no, it's it's sponsoring. Like I worked with one before that um, there was, I think, a, a tragic event in the community, and the funeral home stepped up and sponsored like a blood drive to help. Um, just like things like that, like being a support system in the community for when, like, the worst happens for people. So you um, you built Search Hermit. I'm assuming that's just you, but even though you call yourself the lead SEO, are there yeah. any others? <laughs> Um, I do work with some people uh, generally like on a contract basis. Yeah, if yeah. Uh, like, for example, Q4, for some reason, everybody's decided they needed SEO all at once. So I have a couple of people who <laughs> help me out uh, when everybody needs everything all at once. But yeah, so I, um, throughout my career, I've helped in franchise SEO. I've helped build companies, SEO departments, and I felt like I could really make the the most impact in helping, especially women-owned businesses, because a lot of women start their own businesses. They don't necessarily have all the resources. They don't get all the venture capital funding that that oh. male-owned businesses, especially in the United States, get. Um, so just helping those businesses achieve visibility. When a lot of people don't actually know about SEO or they think it's a last, like a last-ditch effort when everything else doesn't work or something that they can add on later. And so I try to sort of, yeah. I created Search Hermit essentially as a way to help those companies build SEO into the foundation of their digital marketing, their website creation, and let it flow. Because I believe that SEO is essentially like understanding your user, providing it is what it is that your user is looking for and what they need. And that's really the best way to serve your target market. And you can do that through search. You can do that through social media. You can do that through community events, et cetera. So 
having SEO as that foundation for those businesses. So that's, you're really describing a, a great lump of marketing going on there. And you just described, and I read about how you like to integrate marketing departments into SEO or kind of teach them to do it. Now that, that marketing department could be a big company with a lot of people, uh, or could it be just a mom and pop store who the marketing department are them on a Friday afternoon? This is what we do Friday afternoon. We're going to do some flyers. Yeah. I, I've noticed there's a big change over the last 20 years of people now get the web and get social media. They understand they need to do that for the business, especially the small businesses. But it's there's, the adoption of SEO seems to be still missing from quite a lot of firms. The savvy mm -hmm. ones really get it. But are you finding that as well? Yeah. And like you were saying, it, it does really run the gamut from mom and pop individual sole proprietors to all the way to big companies. They um, either don't understand SEO or don't understand how SEO sort of is a cross channel thing and can integrate with their other multiple departments. So I actually really like helping teach individuals just the basics of SEO. And then I love helping big companies sort of understand how it can integrate with all the other marketing efforts they're doing. But I do think, like you were saying, it's sort of people either see it as, and I've, I've talked to a couple of different people and about this, and a lot of them feel like, oh, SEOs in general, or people who are SEO experts or who do SEO for a living, sort of hide it between, or like behind Mirror, smoke and mirrors, like it's all smoke and mirrors and we own the secrets um, and we're the only people who can achieve those results. And I hope that the majority of people performing SEO are not like that. And that is one reason that I love to sort of educate people as we go through the process. Like when I work with people, I try to make sure that they understand at the most basic level what I'm doing to help their websites or their online properties with search engine optimization. Um, and I think sometimes maybe SEOs maybe lean toward the smoke and mirrors thing because we think it's like our proprietary niche or niche, as I read in, online, I should say. For... <laughs> yes, niche. <laughs> it is um, niche. No, that's the wrong word. It's English. It's niche. Yes. Thank niche. You. Thank you um, so much. I read that there's a discrepancy in American versus British pronunciation. I think a lot of SEOs would benefit from being more transparent about like, this is what it means when I do these sort of things. And I don't know if it's because people don't do that because they'll think, oh, the people I'm teaching about this will say, okay, I've got it from here. But the majority of times I've experienced people are like, I'm so glad I understand the foundation of this now. And I know for sure that I don't want to do it. So like, please help me with this and, and let's continue this relationship. So I think being transparent and educating the people that you're working with about what you're doing and why you're doing it and you know, even if you don't get the results you want, like why you think you didn't get them and why you're testing different things. Um, I love that education. Do you, and do you find that happens aspect. a lot? <laughs> I do. Uh, when um, I get a lot of clients that say to me, what's this going to do for my business? Uh, and I, I can't really in all honesty say it's going to double your profits. You're going to get X amount of extra traffic, etc." All I can say to them is like, it's a good thing if you do this, you'll get more, but I really can't say how much more. Do you find the same thing? Yeah, I've actually seen uh, where I, and I don't do this for my clients, but someone has created some sort of like math formula. Like if you get this many clients from my efforts and you 
charge this much per client and you, I cost you this much, like subtract what you would get from how much you're paying for me. And this, it's this much return on investment. But I find that it yeah. varies so much from industry to industry and person to person. And then also because I've worked with so many different kinds of companies, big, small, all different industries. There's also a level of adoption that's sometimes easier or more difficult. And so those are like different barriers to entry. So yeah, I do find it hard to sort of pinpoint like this will get you five new leads a month or 50 new leads a month. I know there are ways to um, put a number on that through things like, you know, tracking numbers, like call tracking numbers and more uh, UTMs and other things like that. But in general, the, um, the companies that I've seen that have I guess gotten the most benefit from it are people who sort of integrate it into everything that they can. So they're they're making sure that it's on the back end of their website, that they're working with their developers on the technical SEO side, that their copywriting teams have a basic understanding of SEO and they're like willing to adopt and understand and test more things as opposed to the people who are like, just <laughs> SEO it, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> um, people who are understanding it are willing to like do the more comprehensive work to get it done. So that's generally the anecdotal evidence. I have, of course, usually a couple of case studies, but like you were saying, it's it can it can depend on so many factors, as yes. with everything in SEO. So yeah, so the, the factors yeah. there. So yes, um, what about those people in marketing departments who just work by numbers and really want those numbers from you? Yeah, that's where I find like the case studies from companies that I've worked with in the past who have been like, I executed XYZ and I doubled my traffic this month yeah. or quarter over quarter, quarter, we're getting like 50% more traffic and making sure we're having the, the tracking and analytics to say, and of those people coming from the increase in people coming from organic search, this many converted or have like different micro conversions along the way. So those are generally yeah. like the tracking parameters I like to have in place. But I do think it's hard on the, the front end before you get involved with the company to be like, I can do exactly this much for your company. Especially I found <laughs> working with companies that, like I said before, there's there are different levels yes. of adoption across different uh, parts of the company, but also you can look at a website from the outside and be like, all right, this is my game plan. And then you get on the inside and you're like, what have you all done? <laughs> so, um, yeah, like things like that, or, um, uh, they've had previous SEO companies, quote unquote, SEO companies or web developers who say they take SEO into consideration. And then you go in and actually look on the back end, and you're like, this was either made in 1995 or, this person doesn't have a concept of what search yeah, engine optimization so, actually so is. Absolutely. So you're going to be speaking at the uh, B2B Marketing Exchange in Arizona next month. So next month, next month is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, where I'm sitting is still part of Europe oh. today. Uh, tomorrow, um, sadly, we leave tonight. <laughs> no, 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 actually, day after tomorrow. Um, let's not go to that. Brexit, don't want to ever mention say, that. Oh, my gosh, um, it's... <laughs> Didn't want to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but there we go. Off we go. So tell me about um, B2B, B2B Marketing Exchange. What are you going to talk about there? Because uh, it's obviously getting right into the right market to pick up a few uh, <clears throat> extra little jobs, maybe. 
Yeah, so I actually uh, did some research. I was doing some research about different um, marketing conferences that I could speak at about a couple of different topics that I'm really interested in and um, things that I had written about before. And so I pitched them um, on this idea of like creating a user focused top or content matrix that's essentially not only driving more sort of like what we were talking about earlier, not only driving more traffic to your website using the content you're creating, but also helping your users along in the, the funnel and their user journey to where they actually convert instead of, I always preach about this, like quit trying to shove people down the funnel. Like if people are at the top of the funnel just doing basic research and you're like, bye, 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 they're not ready and that'll turn them off before they're even ready to like get to the next stage of the funnel. But uh, then they reached back out to me and essentially said, <laughs> We've been looking for someone to talk about an SEO topic, and so we're so glad you applied. And uh, we sort of worked it out from there. And yeah, so I'm going to go and talk about how to essentially create a, a user-focused topic matrix or content matrix um, to focus on specific keywords, your users' pain points, talking about all the things that, like I was talking about earlier, I think are the foundation of SEO, but we get so caught up in this is the on page and this is the keyword I'm talking for. And these are the technical aspects where we forget to sort of zoom out a little and look at what, who are we actually trying to serve with this? What problems do they have? How can we solve those problems? You're one of the hosts of SEO chat on Thursdays. Um, yes. About an hour and a half, <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite SEO chats. I first came across you on the SEMrush chat though. What are your favorite social media uh, get-togethers. Um, what do you personally get from them? Oh, yeah. Well, in general, I really like the SEO community on Twitter. It's, I feel like not only do you get a bunch of different perspectives and people with different levels of experience in different sort of areas of SEO, but everyone so far, I think, is willing, very willing to share or answer your questions. I've asked questions before, like, I don't know what's going on or what's happening on this site. And I've had people like uh, Andrew from Optimizee uh, be like, oh, here's where you can find that in Google Analytics and just stuff like that. So I, I in general, really love the SEO community on Twitter. And SEO chat was actually handed down to me. I, um, yeah. It, I think it's had a bunch of different administrators and hosts along the way. So um, I had been the administrator of SEO chat for a really long time. And I was like, you know, I'm sure people are really tired of <laughs> only hearing from me and my perspectives and like really, topics I think are interesting. So uh, Morty from Rank Ranger yeah. uh, has sort of joined me as like a co-host and he's helping to recruit some other hosts so that it's not always just me all the time. So I've really... I feel like I've learned a lot and it also as the host the fun part is that when you're having your own client issues or or if you come up news that you think is interesting you can always get other people's takes on it um and then take that back and and I'm, learn from it too I'm re really with you on this I think at the moment the SEO community is really healthy and very very good and very proactive and very helpful to each other what's what's your take on the last couple of weeks of what's been going on with the SERPs Oh man, uh, that and then the the all the featured snippet stuff. I've really actually really like to take not take a backseat, but like not sort of like post my opinions because I have found that if I'm if I'm the first person to be like, what's going on with this? Um, you can often get like you were saying, a lot of people leave Twitter. Um, you can often get a lot of differing opinions, and it can be like an inundation of 
of opinions like that, but I do really like seeing everyone's opinions about like, and then the data that they're collecting uh, from their own clients and things that they're experiencing. And like I said, that's another reason I really love that community is when people share like, oh, um, you know, we lost the featured snippet and our click-through rate actually went up and, or we lost the second, you know, the thing after the feature snippet and, yep. and we've seen a drop in traffic, like people actually sharing that information. So I've tried to not have an opinion. I do think it's, it's interesting. And I always say that a lot of times when Google does things, it releases half-baked products and services and yep. then they take it back. So like with what's happening with the favicons. So they, back in November, they added the favicons back because I remember tweeting about it and being like, this is awful. And then they took them away and then they brought them back in January and then they just recently took them away again. Yep. So I feel like with anything <laughs> that's happening in SEO, there's a chance that Google will just take it away or revert it or as with a lot of their products and services, they they had like Google Reader and they took that away from us. And so they release a lot of things and undo a lot of things. So I'm always sort of skeptical to at whatever they do. Yeah, my, my guess is uh, that this change to the feature snippet could well just revert back to what it was before. I, you're quite right. They'll, they'll test things and they're testing us. And really, I don't think the majority of the public actually understand what's changed. Well, I yeah. find it hard enough to understand what's changed on a page. I look at it as, is that different? I mean, the good example, Google Search Console. I opened it up the other day and there was or, orange color for the, uh, yes. uh, for the uh, average position. I, I was sitting there thinking, how long has it been like that? Right. Was it, have I seen it before? And there's all these questions going through my head. Is this new? Uh, I, I just didn't know. I was like, my favorite is I'm always like, are they testing this just on me? Like, yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. Am I part of the subset that's being tested for this? Like, and I think that's going to happen for at least the rest of this year, if not for all time, until yeah. SEO really is dead. And I, I think it will be at some point in the far future uh, when uh, the search engines just or something's come along and replaced them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I so said for now, I think it's such an ex interesting, exciting arena that we can't help ourselves, but, but help each other. Which is I agree. Great. And like you were saying, I think like the average user doesn't actually like we're, we come at it from a different perspective. Um, I think it was Marie Haynes posted something about how she asked regular humans, non SEOs yes. yeah. about um, Facebook, it was yeah. a featured yeah. snippet. Yeah. And they were like, well, I don't, I don't click the ad and all of us are like, what? It's not an ad. We work so hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very good point because there was, there was a big difference in, in the opinion she got back from that. And that there are people that think they're ads because they're at the top. Right. They just all automatically blank, blank those out. And then yeah, that's kind of a bit of an eye opener. that one. We're all, yeah, as you say, fighting for that feature snippet. And then suddenly, hang on a sec, is first spot better? And if that again, depends what the term is, who the people are looking at it, what the, what the search intent is, etc. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some, some interesting little case studies coming out over the next couple of months if feature sure. snippets stay the same. So, yeah. Um, and then just remembering that as, like, people in the search industry, we come at it from a completely different perspective than yeah. regular humans and how they search. I'm always amazed with my husband is like, oh, I'm looking for X, Y, Z. And I'm like, why are you using this query? Like, you're not going to get the result you want <laughs> with this query. Yeah. He's like, well, it just is what makes sense to me to yeah, search exactly. right now. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget that, that, that people are, are not, a general public are not as used to using 
search engines as we are. So I really do frame questions in ways that other people, normally, normal people, ordinary people, I tell you, ordinary people, the general public frame right. questions. It's it's uh, totally different because I know how the system works, and therefore, mm-hmm. what I'm getting back out of that is. I'll, I'll put words in there. I know going to be more optimal, more targeted towards what I want rather than just general stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I, I go for long tail when I'm searching rather than short tail. Then I get really upset that Google hasn't got anything about what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you need. Like someone's someone's got to have this out there. Or worse, this has come back to a very old rant of mine. I'm searching something for in the UK and I just get American answers all the time. Do uh, you get that? Do you get that in the States? Do you get English answers or UK answers for all the search queries? Uh, no, upset I with feel it. like America has monopoly on on the search <laughs> query. Maybe I don't know. No, I don't think I've um, I don't think I've encountered where I've gotten answers. And if I have, it's specific to like uh, forums or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So um, it's people. You know, I can't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, but, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say it is annoying though when you're like, I have this most the most specialized query ever. I'm gonna get exactly what I need, and then it's like a forum from 2001, and you're like, well, this doesn't help me now. Right, Caroline, where where can the public at large find you online? Yeah, my website is searchhermit.com. Uh, that just talks about what I do and who I serve, and then you can always find SEO chat on Twitter every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So American Eastern time. <laughs> I think that's cool. like medium late for you all um, on Twitter. And I'm at Carolyn Leiden. And that's all from us here at Tag Soup Towers in downtown Lingfield. Thanks again, Carolyn, and everyone for listening. And gird your loins, listeners, for the next episode.